From Vistio, this is recorded for Quality Assurance. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Welcome to CXQA Live, where we discuss all kinds of fun stuff about CX really centered around the agent. We are discussing a question this week that we asked some CX agents what their answers mean and how to think about it. Now, here on CXQA Live, we believe agents are the single most important asset in CX operations, and we believe that agents with the right training, tools, and connection with your company are going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your business or brand. Super important when the economy is kind of up in the air or on a downturn. We believe that CX agents can be the best diagnostic tool that you have for your business. We believe that CX agents can ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected. We believe that they will produce more and better work and they'll want to stay and contribute to the long-term success of your company if they have the right training, tools, and connection with your company. And so we call this the agent-centric call center philosophy or contact center philosophy. And this week, we are joined by the ever-jolly Jacob Matice, my partner in crime. Jacob, thanks for hosting the show last week. That was a fantastic conversation. And um, I'm really, really glad that you guys, you and Corey were able to have it. Maybe you could just give us some of the highlights, man. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Again, thank you for you know feeling comfortable enough to pass the reins along to me. Uh, we definitely had a lot to talk about. I was a little bit worried when we were uh, choosing a topic, but I felt like what we talked about with what makes a quality agent was a very important discussion to have because it sounds like you could get some very surface level answers there. But I feel like Corey and I had a really good discussion and kind of got into the meat and potatoes, that that good stuff that's underneath. Like, why is it important to really emphasize those soft skills and look for those soft skills uh, over those hard skills? And basically what we came away with is it's always better to have somebody who has a bit of a better voice uh, than somebody who has like years and years of call center experience, because that can easily be trained. Um, but you know, being a, a decent person and having a good voice on the phone, that's something that typically comes more naturally to people and isn't something that you can really uh, truly train them on. So I thought it was a great discussion. Uh, we had a really good turnout and I am very excited to get into this topic today as well. Yeah, for sure, man. And, um, you know, I think the beauty of what we're trying to do here is that no single person has all the answers and we're genuinely just better off when we listen and learn from each other and bring resources to bear for all of us that we can grow from. And Corey is absolutely one of those resources, somebody who really knows the labor side of CX really well. So Corey, I know you're on the show live with us today um, on the webinar side. We're really glad that uh, we've been able to meet you and connect with you, man. Um, but honestly, we're really doing something kind of unique. And you know, I just realized I forgot to announce my special guest on the show today. I'd like to introduce Cinnamon, the elf on the shelf, who this morning appeared literally on this shelf. I'm guessing she wanted to be on the show. Now she is more of the silent type. So I know maybe it's a little bit strange to have a, an elf just kind of silently hanging out, but 
she doesn't really talk. So not much I can do about that. But I will say there is a festive spirit to CXQA Live going on right now. I don't know if you guys could pick up on that. You know, we're, we're kind of in the spirit of the holidays. And I would just say that it's it's really an important thing to understand as a CX leader, the cultural and social dynamics that are going on for your agents and to understand how those things affect them and to understand how those things might affect their view of your company based on how your company operates and acknowledges or doesn't acknowledge the appropriate social and, and cultural dynamics that are in play. And that, I know that just got really serious really quick, but in all honesty, that's something that a lot of companies maybe just kind of give a pass at and they, they do kind of a, a just a basic acknowledgement or maybe nothing at all even, especially with global companies, companies that have employees in multiple parts of the world, multiple cultures, multiple societal dynamics going on there. And I would just say, um, having a little bit of a celebration that's culturally appropriate and that is inclusive, don't forget the inclusivity aspect of it, really sets the tone that, yes, we are here to work and this is business, but we are all also people. And there's more to life than just clocking in and clocking out and getting that paycheck. And really it helps the humans talking to your customers to come across more like humans and to feel like humans and to express more than just you know, reading a script or, or walking through whatever the guidance is, or, you know, just dealing with the normal work dynamics that they deal with. So um, I was glad that cinnamon was able to join us. And um, you know, she is, is, is here with us today. Uh, But one thing that has been going on for me since my entrance into the CX world is I've been a part of these agent groups on Facebook where CX agents from all over the world kind of have come together to create a little community and they give each other a lot of support there. They listen to each other's struggles. They listen to each other's ideas. They ask for advice in difficult employment situations. It's a really cool thing. And, you know, I've been able to join those groups and just kind of listen and learn. And uh, this week I posed a question that I was really curious to see what the results were going to be, what the responses were going to be. And that question was, as an agent, if you could change one thing about your job, what would that one thing be? And, and you know, you kind of have to give some options. So the options that I gave were more respect from leadership, more respect from customers, better technology, better training, more sense of satisfaction in my work and better pay. And the thought process behind all these is kind of simple, right? More respect from leadership that you feel heard and valued by the people in leadership. More respect from customers. I mean, we all know that CX agents deal with quite a bit of flack from angry customers, right? In some industries, their whole job is to try to resolve high levels of conflict. Better technology, right? There's always a dialogue about, do we have the right technology or my system doesn't work right or whatever it is from the agent's point of view, better training, better equipping, you know, that idea that we've not even been taught how to do our job the way they want us to do it is a common theme in these groups. And then more satisfaction from my work, maybe a little bit deeper option there than, than some of the other ones. Um, better pay is kind of plain and obvious what we're talking about there, right? So it's very interesting. You know, there are several groups like this. I, I post this in three of the groups that I've been learning from the most and engaging with the most. 
And in all three groups, and you know, we're totaling around 350 or so responses. So it's it's a reasonable sample size. And in all of them, without a doubt, by a margin of 35 to 40% over the next highest response, it was better pay. And so that kind of surprised me a little bit, at least initially. And one of the reasons is, as I've watched these groups and the way that they comment, they don't usually talk about the pay as much as they talk about what I get paid is not worth what I go through and deal with. And so in my mind, I was thinking the responses would be about making their job a little bit better and easier, much more so than the pay that that they get for doing their job. And so it left me with a couple of questions, but I want to pause here and I want to talk about the concept of the voice of the agent itself, right? So this is a little sample size of the voice of the agent. Different CX organizations do the voice of the agent through different means, whether it's a pulse survey, you know, whatever it is, right? I've done some discussions online with CX leaders about how do you capture and turn into action the voice of your agents, the perspective of your agents. And of course, we have the agent satisfaction metric that we're working on to try to help the industry in this area. But Jacob, when you think about VOA or the voice of the agent, what do you think about, man? What do you think is important? So it's always a hard topic for me to discuss because one of the biggest reasons people will embrace something is because it has attributable data Mm -hmm. and something that you can take action with. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I really love about voice of the agent and the whole idea of an agent satisfaction metric is we're trying to make that transition from making this qualitative data a bit more quantitative and we can show people how it actually works. You know me, I'm a huge people person. I am all about supporting the little guy. Um, but really I think there's a lot of value coming from your agent because your agent is on the front lines and is, and I always preach this, you will always see this on my LinkedIn, that the agent is your first point of connection between the customer and the brand. So making sure that you have a great agent that's leading that initial impression between the customer and your company is like so, so important. And the best way to do that is for these contact center leaders to listen to what their agents have to say. Don't be afraid to get agent feedback. Uh, Don't be afraid to uh, allow yourself to kind of fail in front of your team and admit that, hey, these things that we're doing, that we're trying to do to improve our CX programs aren't working. You know, you'll have everybody who's been in the call center space for years and years and years and has all this experience and knows how to do their job. But you also have some new fresh ideas in the game as well. And I think it's really important for contact center leaders to engage with both groups of people and just kind of take the good out of everything that comes from those kinds of discussions and those kinds of ideas and apply them to the call center. You know, agents often are looked at as kind of like a a necessary evil. And that's true about the call center in general. So taking this perspective of, well, you know, we have this contact center and it's supposed to bring me this amount of revenue. It's supposed to improve this and blah, 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 blah. It's all just talk, right? Until you actually see results from it, 
And the only way that you're going to see results is by investing in your agent. So the voice of the agent is absolutely critical if you want to improve uh, the revenue that you get by investing in a CX program. Absolutely. I think it's interesting that you said investing in your agents when the agents are saying, invest in us. Yeah. Right. And and I think one of the problems, you know, to build on this concept that you just hit on there, that comes out of the idea that CX as a whole is a necessary evil, you know, that providing, you know, the kind of support that a customer expects is this kind of tension point, right, between profitability and reality. And in actuality, we believe that it's the opposite, that it is one of the core and key components of a business that leads to profitability. And, and so when we talk about business outcomes and we talk about ultimate profitability, I, I would think there's a disconnect because the agent is saying, invest in us more. We can be more valuable. And by the way, we need more money in our paychecks in order to continue to do what we're doing. And at the same time, the expectation in many CX organizations of the longevity and the value that an agent brings is limited by the fact that agents don't see that they are valued. And so there's this tug of war, right? You know, the leaders are saying, well, they're going to leave anyway. uh, So why would we invest in them? And the agents are saying, if you would invest in us, we wouldn't leave as much. And so there's this tug of war, this this uh, chicken or the egg, this tension or whatever cliche metaphor you want to use, right? And and I think there's something there. And, I, and I'd like to connect a couple of dots before we move on. One of those is there are ways that your agents can be more valuable in the sense of what they mean to the bottom line of your business. We're not talking about their value as people, Right. Their value as a person has nothing to do with the business that they work for, what they do for a living, or really anything. You know, people are valuable because they're people. And so I think, you know, their work environments should reflect that. And company leaders should reflect that in the way they set up their companies. And we'll try to move off of the ethical soapbox here. But at the same time, the business value, the value that agents can bring to the ultimate profitability, sustainability, and success of the company for which they work, honestly, in some cases needs to improve in order for leaders to be able to justify paying them more, right? And so I think about the amount of chaos that's out there in the buying process for CX when it comes to technology vendors, when it comes to um, you know, the facilities, when it comes to all the tools that they're given, I think about the chaos that can be present in training. You know, we, we have these training documents that are 10 years old, or, you know, maybe they're really just not that accurate to what actually goes on on the floor. And then, you know, you have an eight week training period, and then you push them out into the floor and their performance is bad. And you're coming down on the agents. Maybe we need to look at the way they're being trained, Right. Uh, there's all these potential disconnects that lead executives, if they're only looking at the current numbers and metrics that are out there, and they're not listening to the voice of the agent to say, the agent is only worth X amount of money per hour, period, end of story, because that's the business value that we're receiving. And so at some point, either the agents have to figure out how to be more valuable to the bottom line. And I would say that 
that comes with it, the negative possibility of burnout and bitterness and anger and that sort of dejected quittedness that we're now calling quiet quitting, right? Where you just sort of like, I'm going to do the bare minimum. And that's a whole different topic for a different day. But I would say the idea of doing exactly what's in your job description being called some form of quitting is flawed, right? Because you're getting paid for what's in the job description. You're getting paid for what your performance is graded on. And should employees be expected to give more than that? This is a whole thorny topic. Like this is Pandora's box, right? And this is one of the things that's going on in the global economy that affects, well, everybody in some way, including the turnover issues in CX. But I would argue that, you know, the opposite side of the equation, the leaders being able to look at and the CX organization as a whole, be able to look at their agents and say, we need them to be more valuable so that we can provide more compensation. And we need to find ways to understand what they need because the vast majority of people do not go to work and say, I would like to be bad at my job today. You know, most people don't wake up and say, I hope I add nothing to the world today. I hope I just skate by and they still pay me and I don't get fired. And people who are in that mode didn't get there overnight and they probably don't want to stay there. Right. And uh, I'm going to give a quick plug for one of the books that we're giving away to everybody who's here uh, with us live today. And by the way, if, if you were with us a few weeks back and with Jim and you haven't gotten your book yet, um, it's coming and uh, we'll substitute another book for you uh, to go along with the other book that we're giving away today. But um, from chapter 12 in Jim's book, Do Be To Be Better, which is just a great book. Anybody who's watching this content later um, and not live, I really recommend getting a hold of this book that Jim put out. There's a whole lot of great stuff in it. Um, and if you don't follow Jim, on social media and and glean from his years of wisdom of making positive change really happen for organizations and their customers, you need to get a hold of Jim's ideas, really high quality stuff. But chapter 12, towards the end, he talks about how do I engage my frontline staff? And, and this relates to what I was just talking about, because one of the things that he calls out here is how uninspiring a lot of change initiatives are inside of any business. But when you're talking about the people that are going to be talking to your customers, if you roll out changes, if you roll out um, adjustments to what they're doing, if you try to talk to them about their job, if you try to give them more work, but they're not inspired as to the why behind it and understand the connection with you know, why it's worth coming to work every day and, and the difference that they're making. And by the way, if you say all the right words, and you're not paying your people enough for them to live a livable wage, then it really does not matter what words you say. And this is where pay is sort of like the ultimate credibility factor for leaders, right? It's like, hey, we're going to have a pizza party on Friday because we know morale is low and we know that we're not really paying enough. Oh, and by the way, we don't really value you. This is how a lot of employees, not just CX agents feel, but when you inspire with the right words and you have backed up those words with the way that you compensate, and with the way that you engage with your employees, with your agents in CX, it makes a big difference. So he talks about not calling it change management because quite frankly, nobody wants to be changed, right? But ultimately to inspire, to inspire people to make a difference in every interaction that they have. Again, I'm connecting this with this 
response that we got on these polls that, well, everybody wants to get paid more, but agents are saying, if I could change one thing, it would be being compensated better. And then you connect that dot to what it means to make change happen in a CX organization that makes it justifiable to increase pay on a business level, because you have to justify that expense. If we're not going to increase profitability by making an expenditure bigger, then it's probably not going to happen. And I would argue uh, this is why we've created the ASAP metric to make a connection between things that are changed and the improvement in performance and efficiency and profitability that we see in CX organizations using real data. And that's really, really a big gap, I think, in the CX world. But but this idea of how you connect the, uh, Jim calls it connecting employee activities to customer outcomes and inspiring the agent to think about the fact that everything that we say and everything that we do on this interaction with a customer is really, really, really connected. And I would really like to see that conversation grow. I would really like to see the dialogue between what it costs to run CX and the bridge that the agent is between that cost and the the growth opportunities that every customer engagement really provides for every business, every brand. I'd like to see that conversation grow. Jim does a great job of connecting those dots and every one of you guys are going to receive a copy of his book. The other book that I really want us to focus on, and we're giving away a copy of this one as well, is a book called Built to Win by Annette Franz. And I can't recommend this book enough. Becoming a customer-centric culture that drives value for your business. And, you know, the chapter titles of this book, uh, I mean, honestly, if you just read the chapter titles, you'll learn something. You know, she defines customer centricity. She talks about how change is hard. She talks about how culture is the foundation of your ability to engage with customers in a good way, 100%. She talks about the leadership commitment and alignment that is necessary in order to to make these improvements happen. Then then she talks about employees coming first, people before profits, right? People before products, people before metrics, and she just like keeps going and it's really good stuff. Um, But I want to talk about one quote that she brings out from Zig Ziglar, who is a very famous business leader and writer. And this is in the first page of chapter five. And then I'm just going to read a little paragraph from Annette's book in chapter five, but she, she quotes Zig Ziglar who said, you don't build a business, you build people and then people build your business. And I think that's really, really true. And we think about agents, we're talking about the people that talk to our customers that help them to resolve issues with our brand that could turn into something that is very positive. I know when I have great customer service as a customer, I can go from being very put off with a brand to feeling insanely loyal to that brand because honestly, they cared enough to figure out what was going on with me. You know, and all the technology and all the training and all that stuff is great, but if it doesn't give the customer that sense that what they're going through matters, that their being a customer matters to the company, if all of that doesn't add up to that sort of experience, then we're falling short. But the agent, the employee is right at the crux of all of this. And Annette says to start this particular chapter, employee experience, it's finally getting the airtime it deserves. Yes, some of that airtime is coming in the form of more consultants talking and writing about it. But the more they do that, the more we're able to spread the word about the importance of employee experience and point companies 
in the right direction. And I would just say that's not at all the depth of this book or even that chapter. I'm not really giving you the meat because I want you to read it. It's really, really good stuff. But what she's saying is right. And that is that we need to amplify this conversation. We need to amplify the core truth, the core reality that people are building the business. And so if we're going to not build people, if we're going to use people up and just you know see how much we can get out of them before they finally call it quits, then we're missing enormous opportunities. And I think what's happening in the CX world right now with the, the labor dynamics and the turnover and the some of the leverage actually going to agents who are able to switch jobs more easily than ever. And it's just one of those things that this is one of those moments in time where the economics are shifting. And for companies who run CX and their leaders to miss the opportunity to embrace and be a part of this movement is to miss profitability opportunities, to miss growth opportunities. And quite frankly, an opportunity for all of us to feel better about what we do and to feel great about what we add to the world. And I always think about all of the agents that sit across the world in front of screens with headsets on, and they are dealing with customers in many cases that are not currently happy. And I would just say, quite frankly, they matter. They matter because of who they are as humans. They matter because of the opportunity that they represent. And for us to say anything other than that is to miss out on business opportunities as well as ethical and sort of leadership fulfillment opportunities. And so if CX Clause can give you one gift today, uh, it would be to be inspired further and deeper to think about the value of the agent as people and as business assets within all of this. And I would just argue finally, before we go to closing out our time, that there is a reason that we do this every week. And, and, and I noticed that we've got a question in the chat. So Michael's with us on the webinar. Thanks for being here, Michael. You've been with us a bunch and you asked the question of how CXQA Live came to fruition and uh, so Jacob and I both work for a company called Vistio and we're not ashamed of Vistio. I mean, I, I rep the logo, if I can point correctly in my video, in my background all the time. And we provide a software solution. So we are a software vendor. But ultimately, what I discovered when I came on board is that Vistio aligns with my personal mission statement in life, which is to provide personal, professional and revenue growth. This is my personal mission statement. So for me, I had to work for a company that I believed in in those ways that fit within that framework. And Vistio's product was created to help agents be more fulfilled, effective, efficient, and uh, honestly more valuable to their company in their work. And so really I sat around and I said, so what would help Vistio grow is actually what would help agents. And that is to have this conversation about the value of agents, to talk about and unpack all the dynamics of the value of the agent or the potential value of the agent. And we genuinely believe that the agent has these, you know, important potentials built into the role that they have. But we always want to also make sure that we're connecting to the business outcomes because we are talking about businesses that many of whom, if they're publicly traded, they answer to their shareholders, but they're all in business. Businesses are always in business to make a profit and employees should be all about building a business context where 
Customers are thrilled and excited. They're excited about their work and the business is able to grow and profit from all of this in a fair way. And so, Michael, I hope that's a good answer to your question, but that's how this came to be. And we're very, very passionate about the agent. Uh, We're very passionate about the value the agent brings to the industry. And we appreciate you asking a question. And for asking that question, we're going to send you another great CX clause holiday spirit present. I don't know what it is yet, but it'll be great. I know that. So we're going to close out our time here. Cinnamon, thanks for joining us today. We're really going to be excited to see how we all grow through this holiday season and understanding the perspective of our agents and um, go make a difference in your corner of the world today. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye everybody. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.